Greetings everybody, my name's Adam Draycott and you're watching the online ministry from St Augustine's Anglican Church in Varel and this has been prepared as a special uh, Christmas message. Happy Christmas to you and to your families. Let me read from Luke chapter 2 beginning at verse 13. Suddenly a great company of heaven, of the heavenly host, appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favour rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. And so they hurried off. And found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them 
about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying God and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Let me pray. Father God, we thank you that we can gather uh, with our Bibles open, speak to our hearts by your Spirit, renew us and grow us to be more like Jesus, we pray. Amen. Christmas is the season for gifts. Maybe you've opened yours already. I don't know. Dads know what Christmas gifts mean, don't we? We, uh, we need to smell nicer and look better or smell better and look nicer. Uh, we know what's under the tree. Socks and undies. I can guarantee it. Uh, I think what last year my kids, as a, what they call a gag gift, bought me beard and face washer and I laughed. Oh, this is exactly what I need. Thanks so much. Although I cannot forget the year. I'm pretty sure they got me a nose hair trimmer. Hand up if you've been given a nose hair trimmer for Christmas. Yay! Christmas and gift giving go together. And that first Christmas, what did the Magi, the wise men, what did they give to Jesus? They gave Jesus gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. Wow, what did the shepherds give Jesus? We could say with, well, they, their presence was their present. Um, Mary's gift? Oh, she gave birth, didn't she? Being a mum is a great gift indeed. And Jesus was the beneficiary. Make no mistake. But all, and all of these gifts I've described are very practical. And the wise men's tre treasures, the, the magi, maybe that helped finance a quick road trip to Egypt, if you know the story. Shepherds. Was that practical? Well, maybe they made for good company. Who knows? And of course, was Mary's gift practical? Can't get any more. Uh, Mary's motherhood would protect and nurture a growing child. But what about the angels? Last year I talked about the shepherds. This year I want to talk about the angels. Look at verses 13 to 15. Great company of the heavenly host appears. They're praising God. Angels fill the night with light. They fill the air with music. And they're singing. They're praising. And we go, oh, yeah, it's lovely, isn't it? It's lovely. I go, well, I might try that one on my family as a Christmas gift. How do you think it'll go? Be a lot cheaper. Hey, children, I'm going to sing songs to you at Christmas. And me and my Bible study mates are going to line up and sing you five songs. Are you up for it? And they'll go, no thanks. And what's your response to the angels singing? Glorious is right. Yeah, it is glorious, no doubt. But but does anyone ask, is this it? Is Really, is this, is this it? I mean, am I allowed to ask, is this all the angels are good for? I mean, you know, if you're Joseph, he might be going, oh, lights and sirens all the way back home to Nazareth. That'd be a, a really good thing. An angelic escort. That'd do me. Is this it? 
Well, what they did back then, the angels, is still what they do today. If we read the book of Revelation, verses chapter 4, verse 8, we're told that heaven reverberates with loud, continual corporate worship. All they do, they're just singing day and night. They never stop singing, holy, holy, holy. The word worship comes from the old English word uh, worth-ship. Worth-ship. Worship is to ascribe worth to someone or to something that we're worshipping. It's not just singing. It's not just singing. Uh, singing is a, a part of it, yeah. But worship happens anytime you turn your heart toward heaven and say you are worthy. You are worthy. You might find yourself beside the bed in prayer, praying. We might catch ourselves singing praises to God as we drive our car, or we might be on a morning walk or run, and there's a Bible verse uh, rattling away in our head. Uh, when we love our church community with practical acts of service, when we share our faith, or when we suffer for it, when we live as Christians 24-7, we're living our life surrendered to Him, that's worship. That's worship. Worship then happens anywhere and everywhere, in our communities, in our living rooms, even down at the bottom paddock. Yep, it happens in church, make no mistake. But again, let me say, it's more than just a sing-song. Worship is about the trajectory of our hearts in our relationship with our God. And He loves it. He wants our worship of Him. Now you might respond, oh, but I don't worship. I don't actually worship anything, Adam. And I'll go, yeah, we are what we love. We are what we love and we all worship something. It might be your farm, might be your career, might be whatever you apply your hands to. And you count on that to carry you and deliver you and entertain you, entertain you and fulfill you. But I guess, big surprise, it doesn't. Might be your marriage, your partner, your loved one, and you're counting on them to deliver you and carry you and entertain you and fulfill you, but guess what? Mm, they don't. Maybe it's retirement. You're counting on retirement to carry you and deliver you and entertain you and fulfill you, and you spend half of it at the doctor's surgery waiting room. Or education, you count on your education to carry you, deliver you, entertain you and fulfill you. And it doesn't. Or your body, you're counting on your body, you put so much time and energy into getting it into shape. You've, I've given up, you've noticed. Uh, so that it will carry you and deliver you and entertain you and fulfill you, but it doesn't. It breaks. Or your social media profile, Oh, look, I've got 17 likes today. I'm a big deal today. You might go, nah, they're just things I'm really passionate about. Well, it's not the same as worship. Well, it is. Anytime we trust an object or an activity or a person to give us life and meaning and purpose, 
Let's worship. See, would you be, be? Who would you be without the farm? Is that prospect unthinkable to you? Or your career? Or your children? Who would you be without your size 14s or your 50 pairs of whatever? They're all good things. Don't not hear that. But when we make good things the ultimate thing, we are doomed to disappointment. We look for meaning in those things. We do, and it is devastating when they fail or end. They're, yeah, it's not good. And there are other imposter gods. Sex, food, money, alcohol, success, influence. And all are potentially, when they're rightly used, they're potentially good gifts from God, but they're never a substitute for God. Satisfaction turns to sadness. Infatuation turns to discouragement. Um, being gripped, that just turns to anger. Um, these gods never deliver on their promises. But the God whom we worship does. Someone wrote, Worship does to the soul what a spring rain does to a thirsty field. It soaks down, it seeps in, and it stirs life. See, are you stressed? Come to Jesus. Are you ashamed? Worship Jesus, whose love never fades. Are you sad and grieving? Come to the Good Shepherd, and he will lead you through the valley of the shadow of death. Do you feel insignificant? Come to the throne of grace. Do what the angels do. Make a big deal about the arrival of the King. Do what the angels did. Make a big deal about the arrival of the King. Now, how do you do that? You do it with your lips. Through Jesus, we can continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that openly profess his name, Hebrews thirteen fifteen. So if you love God, tell him. Tell him out loud. Do it. And do it without shame. Do it public even. Do it in community. Good enough for the angels. Uh, do it in community. Being together in community is so important. Is it perfect? Not in your life. Sing off key. I do. Yet there are distractions. Absolutely. But even so, as imperfect people, it's important for us to come together. It's not a performance. It's not about quality. It's about love. And how else? Can we worship? What did I say? With our lips, we can do it corporately and we can do it demonstrably. That's a big word. You can do it with every part of your being. Psalm 63 says, Because your love is better than life, my lips will glorify you. I'll praise you as long as I live. And in your name, I will lift up my hands. It's a whole of body experience, this idea of worship. 
And this is what happens when we make a big deal out of Jesus. Uh, I want to finish with a story about a guy called Bernie Felstead. Uh, Bernie died in 2001. And he is the last known survivor of this story. Uh, he joined the Royal Welsh. He joined the Royal Welsh Fusiliers in 1915. Uh, Christmas that year, he finds himself on the Western Front in northern France. World War One is raging. Bombs shake Europe. The soldiers are freezing. They've spent months shooting at each other. The Germans are entrenched on one side and the Royal Welsh Fusiliers are on the other. And what is the prospect of Christmas? And Bernie says from the German side of the field, they started singing a Welsh song, a Welsh carol called All Through the Night. Sleep my child and peace attend thee all through the night. Guardian angels, God attended me the all through the night. And on it goes. Welsh song, they're being sung in German by the German soldiers. The British then respond with their own carol, Good King Wenceslas. And then the story goes, apparently they all sang together, Silent Night, singing in harmony. It's incredible. Dawn breaks. Christmas morning, what happens? You know the story. The soldiers step out of the trenches and they greet one another in no man's land. Can you imagine it? Hello, William. Hello, Henry. Oh, hello, Wolfgang. Hello, Fritz. Can you imagine it? Gifts are shared, apparently. Souvenirs are traded. And a game of soccer breaks out. 50 aside, apparently. No one kept score. The battlefield becomes a soccer field. It's incredible. And for that time, however long it was, some say 30 minutes, some say hours, guns are laid down. And there's peace on earth. And how does it start? It's Christmas. Christmas is the time for making a big deal out of Jesus. It's how it starts. Warriors become worshippers. Enemies now joined with one heart and one voice in praise to the Christ child. Christmas is the time to lay down your weapons, whatever they are, might be pride, might be vengeance, might be bitterness. Christmas is the time to join hearts and thank the one who came to bring peace on earth and goodwill to all. That was the promise. The promise of the angels, verse 14. And we read that knowing that one day peace will come in its, in its fullness, that conflict will give way to an eternal chorus. But in the meantime, we just get to practice, don't we? And as we practice, maybe people will hurry. Check out this thing that has happened and come face to face with the one we call Jesus. And maybe they want to make a big deal out of him too. Brothers and sisters, every day we get to praise Jesus. Every day we get to make a big deal 
about him. Not only with our lips, but with our lives. And that is all to the glory of God in the highest. Happy Christmas. is fun.